0: Chapter 32 of Manx Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Robert Robinson. Manx Fairy Tales by Sophia Morrison. Chapter 32 Johnny Charon's Journey. Johnny Charon took the biggest journey in his life without meaning to do it at all. One night, he was going towards Ballyquirk, taking his time and thinking of his younger days, when all of a sudden he heard a great murmur of people coming up behind him, and before he had time to look round him, he felt himself getting jostled, and a voice asked him, middling sharp too, What business have you here on our way at this hour of the night? I am sorry to give anyone trouble, said John. I'll get over the hedge out of the road. Then the leader came and touched him with the little stick he was carrying, and said to the others, WE'LL TAKE HIM WITH US. HE'LL BE USEFUL ENOUGH AMONG THE REST. AT THAT THERE WAS A BIG TITTER, AND JOHN FELT HIMSELF ALL ALTERED-LIKE, AND A THING LIKE A LOAD CAME ONTO HIS BACK. THEN THEY ALL WENT ON TOGETHER, THEMSELVES TALKING AND LAUGHING AWAY. AS SOON AS THEY CAME NEAR THE BALLARAT CHAPEL, THOUGH, ALL WAS SILENT AS THE GRAVE. THE HOUSES WERE DARK, AND THE ONLY THING THEY SAW STIRRING WAS QUILISH'S DOG. And as soon as he smelt themselves, he took to his heels with his tail between his legs. It was a fine, easy night with just a touch of soft fog on, and a little air coming down from the mountain as we got to dream Cousage. There the leader sounded a big ram's horn, and as they went galloping down to the dome, out came some more of the lil fellows from the gill and joined them, and more talking and laughing went on. He blew another blast at Balilin, and there they could see the fog rolling down from Cregneymolt. Again he blew at Baligory, and they slacked down a bit, and you would have thought the whole glen would have wakened up with the echoes. Down at the bridge, down at the bridge, they could see the lights going about like will-o'-the-whips. Then the leader shouted, "'Get into your lines there, me boys,' and the mughold holed little fellows put themselves in rows on the walls of the bridge, just under the big cherry trees, holding their colored lanterns on the points of their sticks to give light round that dirty turn. Then, when all had passed, they joined in and followed behind. Away they all went down Slough Lewage, fit to break their necks. They slackened off a bit as they got to Foleo, and then took their time as far as Belor's bridge, where there was a big lantern hanging up in a tree over the old mill. As soon as they saw this, two of themselves blew horns, and then a host of riders came out of the mill blowing horns too. They turned up the gill, and all of a sudden the whole crowd, with John among them, were right in the middle of a big camp of the little people. There were lights hanging all about in the trees, and fires blazing under the cowrie pots, and musicians playing fine music. Oh, the taking joy there was! Some were going round, giving horn spoons for the cowrie and the binging, and then handing around the oat bread and the cheese, and the trammin wine. Then the little fiddlers and fluters and reed fellows and the drummers got up on top of a big rock and the little fellows began to dance till John's head took the reel watching them. It was a grand sight to see the nice little girls in their red petticoats and white stockings and shoes with silver buckles on and little bells all tinkling in their hair and the little men in their white knee-breeches, log-tan stockings, and spotted karans. In the middle of it all, up came the little captain and, John, says he, What do you think of this sight, boy? It's mortal grand, says John, far beyond any of the carnivals I've seen before, and how long will it last? Maybe a fortnight, said he, laughing heartily, and maybe more, so you'd be better to go back to your own people. How will I get back at all, at all, and in the dark, too, says John. Chat, man, he said, tipping John on the head with his little stick again. John didn't remember any more till he wakened at the break of day close to his own house, and little the worse for his long journey. End of chapter thirty two recording by Robert Robinson.